0: Alright, what's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma, your host here, Mike Hearn, back with another episode, and fortunate enough to be sat with Rachel Cope of 84 Hospitality. Is 84 the year you were born?
1: It is the year I was born. Okay. We try to think of like a lot of clever names. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it got old, and so I finally just said, let's just finish this. It's a little bit Orwell reference as well, to be a little creepy to all the staff, like I'm always watching, Yeah. but most of them are too young to even know what that is.
0: Okay. And I know just kind of from following along that you're a huge Garth Brooks fan, so I didn't know if that was a reason that he had a huge year in 84 or whatever it was.
1: No, he technically his first album wasn't released until 1989. So yeah, he was still getting going, I guess. Then okay,
0: <laughs> cool. Well, again, like I appreciate the time, and and you know, obviously you're super busy, and you have a ton of concepts that you run, and, and this whole operation now uh, is awesome. Um, I I remember the first time I went to Empire. Uh, and just kind of, because Empire was the first one, right? Is that right?
1: Yes, Empire was the first restaurant. And Empire's like built. the most
0: recognizable for everybody. Most
1: definitely the largest brand, uh, even recognizable outside of Oklahoma City, we found. So. Yeah,
0: I remember the first time I walked in there and it's like music's blaring, the stuff on the walls. I'm like, this is my kind of spot. And then I had Garlic Knots and that was it. Game over. Party. Um,. I mean, I'm not, like, a huge pizza fan in general, but, like, I was I mean, just kind of sold. Uh, and also a huge fan, I have to say this, because he's going to crucify me if I don't, Gannon Mendes, who does Saucy Sicilian. Oh, yeah. They're big. They're Talk about fans. a large following. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. His yeah. following's great. Uh, and which he's still, if he, he's not going to listen to this, but if he is listening, he still needs to be on the podcast, and I keep reminding him, and he's just busy he's missing out he's missing out so the first time i remember i interviewed um uh what's it called who's the halls i interviewed the Holds and he was like sent me a text he's like you're interviewing them i'm like yeah i'm like there's other pizza places in town dude <laughs> you know i was just joking around with him but mm-hmm. anyway um so empire was obviously the first one uh, but let's before that, let's go back to you. Were born and raised in Oklahoma.
1: Back in time. Back yes. in time. I was born in Ada, Oklahoma. Okay. Not a lot of people know that. A lot yeah. of people know that I grew up in Tulsa. I went to Jinx High School in Tulsa. Okay. From I think I was there second grade through uh, Sorry. finishing yeah. high school there, and yeah, but still visited Ada quite a bit even during that time period. Half my family was there, my my dad's side of the family, and. I always say I'm a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. Yeah. It was nice to have both sides of that.
0: So, is that, uh, so it's just you and your sister, right?
1: We have a brother too. you have a brother too. Yeah. So, I'm the oldest. Okay. We have a brother who's in the middle, uh, CPA, uh, uh, married to his high school sweetheart, four kids, cute dog, like the quintessential, yeah, you know, Oklahoma family life. And then we've got Chelsea, who's my younger sister. Um, She's a musician, and we're kind of the wild cards in the group, but our family's finally right. just gotten on board with that and accepted that. Yeah. That's our path. So. so
0: growing up in Ada and then coming to the city, do you just, does family still live out there or do they live here?
1: So a lot of my uh, extended family still lives in Ada. My dad lives in Oklahoma City now and actually works here with us. Uh-huh. My mother and stepfather live in Tulsa still in Jinx. And so I've got extended family in, in both of those areas, as well as a media family. Um, yeah, but I the, the way I ended up in Oklahoma City was that I was going to college in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Yeah. Playing sports there for two years, and then... I ended up transferring to Oklahoma City University as a junior in college and
0: never okay. left. So. What sports did you play?
1: I was playing softball, and I played a little bit of basketball, but it was too much running.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so I g-
0: gave that up. Pretty good at softball? I mean, you had a scholarship. National you champion. You must
1: have been good. Uh, senior year, we won the national championship. I played shortstop. And okay. Yeah, I like to think I was pretty good. Uh started kind of losing my mind on the offensive side of hitting. Just became sort of a head case. I. Yeah. to be quite honest, my junior-senior year. But defensively, it was always pretty solid. Right. So. always
0: had that fire and that fight for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, like almost got ejected from the national championship. I <laughs> tossed my bat a little bit too hard, they they thought. so.
0: Intentionally? At the other oh, team? Oh, it, was
1: it wasn't at the other team. It was just uh, bases loaded. They walked the girl in front of me to load the bases, two outs. And uh, that's what I would have done. That's what any coach would have done, yeah. uh, based on the way the runners were positioned uh, for a force out at any base. But... I got a you know, called third strike on a pitch that I thought was not anywhere in the strike zone. Felt like I let my team down in this big moment and was just really mad at myself and just flicked that bat yeah. almost over the backstop, which was pretty high. I also played in an N A I. A um uh, college, so it had a lot of religious schools yeah. that were part of that. So yeah. it's like division one, division two, II, division three, and there's also N A I. A. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um not to say we couldn't compete with the skill level of Division One, Division Two schools, but just the classification was different. Yeah. So they didn't find that very uh, godlike, or what's the word I'm looking for? They didn't find that very, uh, very nice. Yeah,
0: so. I went to SNU, so I totally understand that. You went to Southern Nazarene. Yeah, oh, yeah like they were the in our yeah. conference. So yeah. yeah,
1: we and we used to, and in the school that I went to uh, was Methodist uh, Oklahoma State University is a Methodist University and. It was cool that we weren't required to go to chapel or... We didn't really have very many rules. We're kind of unruly university in that crew, I think. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. So I I wouldn't have fit in anywhere
0: else. What did you study in school?
1: I was a political science pre-law major. I thought I was... My plan was always to, I guess, be an attorney, go to law school. Yeah. Had never thought about the restaurant business whatsoever. And then as I was finishing school, I had waited tables... It, the summer after my senior year of high school, before I went to college, I was waiting tables. It was always the same reason anybody waits tables in the beginning. It's flexible. It's cash money. It's no, not a lot of responsibility. And quit, not feel bad. Same issues that we deal with, with our staff now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I remember when I was your age and I was also acting like this. So yeah. I try to be forgiving, but also like, please at least call us if please you're not going to show, show up. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um, So I was waiting tables always and didn't think that much about it and... Uh
0: were well, the tables that you were waiting in the restaurant, so they still around?
1: <laughs> yeah, my first waiting table's job was in Tulsa at on the border, and it's so funny we have a lot of people that work for us now that came out of that same national restaurant group It's called the Brinker Group. I think they got bought by someone and it's become something else now but um there is no like I've worked in some really difficult places, and yes, it was hard because I was inexperienced, but it was just difficult period, yeah um. And we I draw from a lot of that experience too in the different places I've worked and the way we run things now mm-hmm. just as a functional step not putting too many steps on the servers that make their lives impossible like tableside guacamole right in a six table section on a Friday night you know uh, with avocados that are not quite ripe yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you just falling behind at everything else so yeah that was learning lessons but yeah. that was the first place I worked
0: So you graduated OCU and then did you follow? Did you go to law school after I that? I took
1: the LSAT. Okay. I was planning to go to, just trying to get, I was going to try to get into OU. I think looking back, it was more, I just wanted the, I just wanted to be able to say that I had gone to law school. Yeah. And learned that analytical, you know, style of thinking is sort of how I think anyway. So I, it kind of lent itself naturally to how I already am. But my stepfather is an attorney, and one of my best friends is also an attorney, and she's a few years older than me, and I watched her have a pretty difficult time coming out of college, spending a lot of money. She went to University of Tulsa and she racked up, yeah. you know, quite a tab, and I already had a little tab from going to college as well, and I'd always been so regimented my whole life. I, I had gone to, you know, when kids were going... So spring break in Mexico, I was playing tournaments somewhere because we were highly competitive in the sports that I was playing. So I missed out out on a lot of that stuff, Uh, and I was just kind of over it. I was over the regimented lifestyle, so I decided not to go to law school. I didn't even apply anywhere Um, because my my stepfather said it's oversaturated with people your age, and you can always go back later. He didn't even go, I think, to law school until he was in his early 30s, so –
0: I took that information
1: and just went back to waiting tables and having a good time, which eventually developed into a lot more than just having a good time. Right.
0: So how, when, what year did you graduate into then, like, how long did you wait tables, I guess, after you graduated to deciding that, you know, I want to be in the restaurant business?
1: That's a good question. I should probably make a timeline of this because that has been (laughs) asked to me several times. I think I always give a slightly different answer to that. The Wedge Pizzeria was the first independent restaurant in oklahoma city i ever worked at um the original on western and they had just opened so whatever year the wedge just opened was yeah. when i that's the year a lot of stuff changed for me because the woman who was the general manager of that restaurant her name's elena farrar she is the kind of head honcho of elemental coffee whenever they started adding food and it really just blew up for mm-hmm. more than just a coffee shop that was her The owners there are great as well, but Elena really is such a good driver of culture and that, and just always the vibe. And she always played cool music. And she was the first person I ever saw say, you know, that there aren't necessarily any rules that we're going to act in favor of what's best for the guest Mm -hmm. versus on the border where they're going, we don't comp anything. We don't void anything. Like, sorry, their food took so long, but they're going to pay for it. Right. Um, That was really a time where a lot of things changed for me because I thought, oh, I was good at talking to people and I was decent at at waiting tables and ended up moving to several different restaurants throughout that group, moving up the ladder from server to bartender and then manager and eventually GM of a couple of those stores and just got fed up with all that Yeah. at some point. There's a much longer story to that, but...
0: Uh, so you you did the full ladder and got all, like I said, all the way up pretty much. And yes. then was just like, I can do this myself.
1: I'm thankful for all the experience that I have. It allows me to put myself in a dishwasher's shoes. Yeah. It allows me to understand how to set up a bar so that it's highly functional for someone. I actually just did that at our new place earlier. I didn't like our original layout. And so I just went over there with our architect and said, let's, we're over there with tape measures and we're going, okay. Yeah. And I'm moving around in a circle going. Okay, I can reach this from here, so that's great uh, from an efficiency standpoint. Right. So not only understanding where they're coming from with their mindset and, and the, from a cultural way that we can cultivate, but also like how does it, how do you, who, how do you work here? Yeah. And that's really helpful. And a lot of people who succeed with us have also worked almost every position, so um, I we think are that's relatable. I so
0: important to do that because, like I said, you build better culture that way rather than just pushing numbers and P and L and just being like. You know, like if you if you build your your spot, like I said with the bar, if you build that knowing that this is how I would do it, this is how it works, you've gone through that, you know. Yeah. So it just helps, right? And I'm sure you're super, you know, thankful for the opportunities that you had growing up and going through that like process of working your way up and being in the bar to all the. Serving and everything else, like it just it just helps
1: most definitely,
0: and back to like dishwashing it's like the easiest job you can ever have. I did that at pizza hut when i my one of my first jobs was loading the dishwasher, and I literally it was the easiest job ever, and then they hired some other snotty nosed little kid that I was, and then I got. Bumped or whatever it was to like making pizza, which is awful.
1: <laughs> I was
0: like in control of the radio and washing dishes, and I loved it, and then I actually had to work,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say uh washing dishes at some of these high volume places is hard yeah. well I' really washing dishes at uh Mexican restaurants specifically. I worked at several in my life, and I just—you will never find dirtier, harder to clean dishes than, yeah. than those melted cheese stuck to a plate. Yeah, pizza so. was
0: easy because it's just like you know, you—it really touches the plate. You There's know, a you reason just that kinda, Empire has
1: paper plates.
0: There we go. You
1: know, that's part of the thought process. was yeah. We're going to kick out how many slices, and how, how long is it going to take to wash these plates, and how many get broken? And right. Thank you, New York, for making it acceptable to serve on a yeah paper plate.
0: Definitely. So. So where did that? Uh, you know, first kind of idea come from, do you always think that pizza was going to be the first one or was it just, oh, there's a market for this and no. let's do it? Like, how did that process go?
1: So a lot of people don't know this part of the story, which was, you know, as I was kind of starting to feel like I had worked for a couple of different restaurant groups in town and I was starting to feel like I was starting to care more than the people who owned the restaurants. And I was putting so much time and effort into running these restaurants that it wasn't fun for me because I was really having a hard time coming in and putting in all that effort for someone who didn't care mm-hmm. and someone told me hey did you know that there's a contest in the plaza district for this old laundry mat?" I'd actually already known the guys from the mule because they came from the wedge pizzeria a couple of them so we'd already worked together um, I'd kind of seen them and I'd watched Saints that was one of the really the first place mm-hmm. that came down here and so I called a friend of mine who was you know a chef my age i known him for a while we weren't super close but we were always just kind of really really cool with each other when we saw each other and had a good time and I sent him a message on Facebook that said call me because I'd lost his number I'm going to change your life like so dramatic <laughs> <laughs> and he called me and he was like yo homie you know what's up and I said there's this contest and I think we should put together a business plan and I'll do the business plan. What style of cooking are you good at? Yeah. He said, Eastern European. I said, <laughs> uh, What? It, what is that? He said, it's uh, like pierogies and that kind of stuff. I'm not, all I remember is pierogies. That's really probably the only Eastern European dish to this day that I can really name. But... I said, okay, sure. So, you know, I had worked a lot in bars, and so I kind of took on the bar part and the front of house part and operations. I had done a lot of work in that and just kind of said, okay, you're going to handle the menu, and Uh we'll put it all together, and we'll go pitch this idea. So we pitched an Eastern European cafe idea for the space that eventually became the home of Empire Slice House, but we got in the top five. We go interview with the Plaza District people and the landlords for that building, and leaving that meeting, I felt like we didn't quite get it. Mm-hmm. And then later, you know, soon after we're told, yeah, sorry, we're actually going to go with someone else. I don't like to lose yeah. <laughs> a highly competitive person right. and have in my whole life. Uh, so I, I go to Austin a few weeks after that and I'm waiting on a friend to get into town. And I'm sitting at the bar top at, I'd never been to Austin before. I'm sitting at the bar top of home, home sliced pizza. And I was like, why didn't we do this? Uh, this idea is so cool. And I could totally see this fitting in that district. So I come back, and I told uh, my chef partner, I was saying, let's, let's try to find another space, and maybe go a different route. And we got a phone call from the people from the plaza that said, hey, the people who had won the contest, they couldn't get come to terms on a lease. We really like you guys, and think you would be a good fit for this district. But you have any other ideas? Because we didn't really feel like that one would fit. Yeah. And I'm going, pizza. And they said, okay, yeah, that sounds more like what we're looking for. Problem was, we didn't know how to make pizza. so we did a couple tastings for them and uh Avery was super talented with like some of the other items like salads Mm -hmm. and whatnot but he never made pizza either and I remember just like googling recipes online for dough and making dough like a KitchenAid mixer in my old house kitchen and jamming to old 90s wrap and just it tasting terrible and we did a tasting, and they basically said the same thing. These salads are great, and the apps are great. Pizza needs some work, and we were like, ah, oh, damn it. But we were running out of time. Yeah. So I'd done a little bit of research and found that there was this international school of pizza in San Francisco. It was a really expensive course to go take, but I flew out there to take it myself and spent a week and a half training with the number one pizza guy in the United States. His name's Tony Gimignani, and learned how to make dough and you know just a lot it was a very scientific it was like a huge like 30 page workbook and you had to pass a test and i'm not a chef like I, that's yeah. not my that's not what i do but um so i came back and i said i think i know how to do this i'm going to show you everything i know before i forget it and uh, empire slice house was born in 2013 so that's crazy we can and we continue to work on that but it was a fun it was a crazy yeah. journey
0: That's nuts. You're just like, I'm just going to go out. I'm going to learn how to do it, and I'm going to bring it back and show you before I forget. Yeah.
1: Even now, people are like, how do you really do your dough? And I still know, kind of, but if you put me in there to make the dough, like, I'm going to mess it up.
0: And then where did like the whole name and concept from that come from? Was it just—
1: The Empire Slice House name? Yeah. Well, in the beginning, we had had this whole idea that it was going to be 90s New York, like— Style, we wanted to say, okay, this is New York style pizza, and how can we build this place to look like that and feel okay. like that? And so we uh started coming up with like the visuals of what that might look like. And again, we were listening to like 90s hip hop, early 90s hip hop with Avery Rizzoli into that type of music. And kind of I was like, oh yeah, okay, I like these jams, because I was from Ada, I was listening to like that. <laughs> but um, the original name was supposed to be Kilroy's, which is so stupid because <laughs> it was the first like documented instance of graffiti in the, in, uh, I guess maybe in the United States, there was a bomb factory and there were, somebody had drawn like on a bomb,
0: yeah. the
1: dude peeking over the fence. I don't know if you'd ever seen, I'm sure most people would, like yeah. drew that in fifth grade cause you know you draw little fingers over the fence. Yeah, sure. But, uh, the Kilroy was here, you know, that's where that came from. And then when I went to Tony's school, he had a place next door called, uh, Tony's coal fired slice shop, and I was like, whoa, that's pretty neat. And then the Empire part, an homage to, you know, yeah. New York, and just kind of throw those together. It was a lot stronger. Yeah. It made a lot more sense, and um anyway, so I came back, and I said, we're changing this, and he goes, does that sound like Star Wars? And I was like, yeah, kind of, but we're just going <laughs> to push cool. it through anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then was, so. was the whole, like, model as well to just have giant New York-style pizzas.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We just said, how do we really make a splash here? Because a lot of people were going, there's a lot of pizza places here. Right. There's Hideaway. There's you know all these other smaller shops that are here. Pizza Hut, Domino's, how do you compete with that? Yeah. The thing that didn't exist here other than sauce was by the slice. Mm-hmm. And the way we do it is different from how they do it. Yeah. You know, It's not a knock against what they do, but they cook cheese pizzas, and then they add your toppings and refire them. Uh, okay. We cook whole pies with your ingredients baked into them, yeah. you know, and then yeah. finish your slice to order. So it was a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, but the whole pies, we just went huge because we wanted to say, you know, we always laugh. I, I feel, almost feel bad when I see people taking to-go boxes out and getting into like a mini Cooper or oh, something. Oh, I couldn't
0: fit it in my car. Yeah. yeah. No one
1: can fit in their refrigerator. Yeah, but, that
0: too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it was, it was, we're, we're, we've become pretty good at saying we need to f- something as like, an attention grabber. Yeah. A bar, and then for the bar we went all cans. There were no bottles. There have never, there's never been a bottle of beer in that place. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really when cans were first becoming. Um, more widely used than what they were before so it was a chance for us to say this is why cans are better or why breweries are doing that and they allowed when we had the largest canned beer selection that was only canned beers really in the united states there was one other place in chicago but they carried bottled beers as well yeah uh-huh and so we carried none of those and yeah. so i could for a while i could say that i haven't looked recently to see if we still I have know the those that. that's so. really cool yeah
0: so, you do all that Empire kicks off, and it's going crazy. You guys have had a lot of success and then you just had the itch to open another place naturally
1: yeah um uh, i wanted i I was testing myself pushing myself
0: uh-huh
1: Empire was going great, but our landlord there had asked me to for some help at a restaurant that he owned. And so I went and consulted there for a little while, and that was the first chance for me to see if I could balance multiple things at one time. I did that for about a, a year plus, uh, I'm not sure the exact amount of time, and was able to help them and kind of right the ship on that project. And I won't I say I get bored easily, but I'm a dreamer. Yeah. Um, I see things and I want to do them. I had always kept in touch with a friend of my sister's named Jeff Chanchaloon, who worked at sushi nico and was at in the raw and he had this really cool ramen truck called kiteki and I, it was when the food truck craze kind of first started happening and i was just watching him from afar how that was going and i'd go visit the truck sometimes and we weren't super close or anything but just kind of maintained that professional like hey how's it going and uh... B- i can't remember exactly when it was sometime in early 2015 or late 2014 there were these new – this new fad on kind of east-west coast, these pop-up dinners. Everybody was doing it. And I told Jeff, I was like, how's the food truck life? He's like, it's grueling. It's really difficult. And mm-hmm. it's just really hard. I said, let's – do you want to do a pop-up dinner with me and collaborate? And we can do – I'll do all the cocktails and you do some food that you're into. And yeah. so we created this project called Project Slurp.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for Project Slurp um, – we did pop-up dinners for an entire year where Jeff made six courses and I paired like six cocktails. And I, we sold out every single one. It was 30 seats we did at Dunlap Cotting. I think we probably sold out one. Jeff's food is amazing, but everybody got so drunk that I think it became <laughs> like known in town that it was probably the cheapest way to get like really great cocktails and get just hammered. Yeah. Then we always gave like this, you know, warning label when we'd stand up and talk in the beginning, like we're gonna serve you these cocktails but you're in control of your own of your consumption yeah, yeah this is like yeah. a waiver on you know the, a when you home? buy the ticket <laughs> yeah so we did that and uh got to test a lot of cool japanese ideas and and whatever and then heard about a space in the plaza district that no one else had really known about yet it was supposed to be retail shops and then through the grapevine they said they think they might want to do a restaurant instead we already had this tested idea it was the mm-hmm. perfect size space for a ramen shop and we were just ready to go. So, yeah. um, other than the funding, but we pitched that idea and they loved it. And Empire had already been a success. And that made it easier for those landlords, which were different from the landlords we had, to uh, allow us to sign a lease and get that going. So, Goro was born in t- uh, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And then so that was other that things kind of tumbled yeah. on and after that. And
0: then that's that. gone crazy. And then now you have. Revolution, right?
1: Yeah, Revolution opened in November of 2016, whereas uh-huh. Goro was July of 2016. This is why I can never have kids. Yeah. I don't remember their birthdays. Yeah. So i am like, I don't know. I don't right. know how old my dogs are right now. People yeah. are always like, how old is your dog? I don't know. I no. think she's about six. Yeah. <laughs> I remember a time in my life when I got her, and I was like, okay, that I went to that concert. Yeah, okay, yeah, it was 2013.
0: Yeah. You're looking um, back through your phone to see what pictures yeah, you have of the Yeah, I'm looking
1: for the date. photo. Yeah. I'm like, shoot, yeah. Um so Revolucion and then EZE, e which is its own kind of deal, even though it is Empire Extended, opened in May of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and 20- that was just a
0: natural takeover of that space, right? It just seemed like...
1: We were just getting killed and couldn't even keep up with to-go orders at Empire anymore. Yeah. I mean, we built that place to do like one-third of the sales that it ended up being able to do. Yeah. And we really just needed more ovens and... You know that lends itself to why we move down the street. Yeah. But uh, just to be able to take care of a lot to go business and catering business, we were saying no to uh, was was nice. And again, I pulled a note from Home Slice in Austin on that because they have a place called More Home Slice or Home Slice Two hours okay. Crystal that's across like a little alley that handles all of that. It's a yeah. walk-in size shop and it, it keeps it. It helps with the people who don't want to wait two hours for a table, right? Or that just want a pie to go and can't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just missing out. So yeah. it's been a quite a success on its own down there.
0: Yeah, I mean, when me and my wife would come down, and you know, we drive down, we go into you know empire and they're like it's 45 minutes i'm like oh, i just kind of want to grab a slice and go and then now you have like we did that we yeah. were, you know it's great and you'd either just eat it because you have that space you would either eat it there and grab some garlic knots and then go i mean it's just like you said you missed out on all that business and now it's perfect i think it's just the perfect size as well you know yeah it's and, not too big
1: and the way that the food world was evolving i actually for some reason got asked to do a presentation at the international pizza expo in las vegas in march And I had attended that since 2013 before we opened Empire because that's where you go. That's where all the products are. That's where all the people – it is crazy. Yeah. It will blow your mind if you ever go see it. It's a giant Las Vegas Vegas convention center just filled with, like, everything pizza-related, not just food but – Cutting tools and everything else. And contests and, like, people, like – throwing pizza in in the air, dough tricks and who can fold boxes the fastest like that guy from Pizza Hut or Domino's <laughs> Yeah. Domino's, yeah.
0: Whatever that is, guy
1: yeah. and there's like all these competitions for pizza and there's like the Japanese team is here and the Italian team is here and we're just two you yeah. know kids from Oklahoma walk around like, Well but this is cool. Um but I, I gave a, a speech there this year, super scary, but went pretty well about third party delivery services. It's a really important issue for restaurants right now. Mm-hmm some people frown upon it. Some people are really into it. Some people just don't know how to use it. But it is not going anywhere. Right. And it will become a very important part of restaurants, especially fast casual restaurant service. Mm-hmm. It's not for everyone. But Easy e was maybe ahead of its time without, without us even knowing. It handles all of our third-party delivery. And we have to turn the third-party delivery even off sometimes when we're at peak hours because it's too much. Yeah. But Postmates, DoorDash, those are the third-party delivery services that are most prevalent here in Oklahoma City, but, you know, Easy E will possibly grow into even just being more EZEs for that reason because yeah. obviously the demand out there is, is here. Yeah, so. that would
0: be great. I mean, just having one in Yukon and one in Edmond would, would serve everything, right? It would be problem solved. Yeah, maybe um, so. And I love the name as well. Like it's just, the name's great.
1: Chris Castro and Grant, sorry, Grant, I'm going to blank on your last name for one second. Uh, they used to have a creative firm that was actually here in the plaza called Finch Creative. Okay. And Chris Castro is the owner/operator of Commonplace mm-hmm. Kitchen.
0: I've had Chris on the podcast with Ben. Oh, you they, have? They're great. So yeah. Chris, I could listen to Chris talk all day. As he's well.
1: amazing. We we have a really good friendship now. We don't get to see each other as much. I actually have this really cool painting that Trisha did that's above my fireplace that she did in college. That is so cool. But. Uh, love them, but he—they've brand. Chris branded and with with Grant and Finch, you know, they branded the first set of restaurants that we had. But Chris has done the branding for almost every concept we've ever had. Okay. Jeff, my partner at Goro, is really a talented graphic designer as well. Mm-hmm. So he did Goro's logo. He did Gun's logo, and then Chris Wynn, who works with us remotely right now. He lives in Houston, but is from lived in Oklahoma City. I don't know if you know him very well or not. A lot of people know him as Quit Wynn, I don't know if you've ever uh-uh. seen him. Okay. He's sort of our marketing creative director, and he's actually in town yesterday and today to shoot photos of a lot of stuff and just have a kind of quarterly meeting with us. But he did some of the branding for some of the other projects, too. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Chris Castro. Chris is a good
0: guy. Mm-hmm. And his story's crazy, too. So,
1: oh, my point of that, because I get lost when I'm talking sometimes, was that Grant and Chris did the easy e mm-hmm. They came up with that. Yeah. And I was like, this is perfect.
0: Was, I, was it around the time that... Uh, Straight out of Compton came out or was it just like before that oh, I, that's oh, all I remember that's a good question like, I remember it just being May 2017
1: like, it must have been after because I feel like that yeah. came out a few years ago but uh, definitely shone a light yeah.
0: for a lot of people who Easy e was that was awesome yeah because I mean growing up in the UK that music's not huge uh, back home but and also if out, you're yeah. out there
1: listening and it, ours is spelled with an S and he was a Z so. yeah
0: there it is just in case <laughs>
1: just in case you're trying to come at us
0: um, So, like I said, you have all this, you know, this success and full, you know, going from playing softball in college to wanting to be a lawyer, and then just deciding that it's not what you want to do. To working, you know, running tables, working the bar, and then working your way up. I can, you know, I can do this. Let's start a concert, win a competition, and you know, you have this, you know, what is it? Like eight years later. Right, you have like all these concepts, and I guess Pony Boy, which I love the bar of Pony Boy, it's mm-hmm. just like the perfect picture. Um, and we were there for St. Patrick's Swayze Day last year,
1: yeah, the first uh, one.
0: I didn't get a t shirt, I was there late, but it was uh, so much
1: fun. I might have a few left from this year, I can I maybe snag l- you on. I would
0: love one of those, okay. Um, you know, and you have that, and then so you go from that, and like I said, you always have this itch to not get bored and do the next thing and bring something new and cool, and you travel a lot. I mean, it's probably the best part. Would you say the best part of your job is doing research?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I travel to eat and listen to music, and I can usually make those happen in the same trip. The same
0: trip, yeah. And there's
1: a lot of other things that I'm. We're looking at. We're looking at aesthetics. We're mm-hmm. looking at design. We're looking at functionality, operations. You know, we're right. meeting. We're connecting the dots with a lot of people. We're meeting other people who are in our shoes and being able to do mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I mean, it's not too bad of a game. Eating, right? drinking, flying. Yeah.
0: How was the Asia Asia trip? Right? Didn't you go? Yeah, we went to How Tokyo. Was
1: that? Well, (laughs) people probably don't believe this, but I've actually had never really been out of the United States. Uh I had been to Vancouver for my 30th birthday, but that's, in my mind, Seattle extended, sort of, so it doesn't really count. And so, of course, you know, the first real time I've been out of the United States, I took a 13-hour flight, which is uh, not my favorite part of that. Right. I would do it differently next time. Yeah. I would stop in L.A. for two days a day and then break that up
0: because it was just really difficult. It is miserable.
1: Yeah, without the use of uh, some... (laughs) Some help in the pill form. Yeah, Yeah. it it was tough. So that was an amazing trip. It was a very humbling experience in a lot of ways because I had never been immersed in another culture where I was just truly felt like I I couldn't, I didn't know the language. Yeah. I couldn't really read anything. You know, thankfully, one, the Japanese are so kind. I'm sure they were making fun of us a lot too, but I also was fortunate that I was with several people who'd been before. And uh, they were extremely helpful. Jeff had actually learned enough conversational conversational Japanese to carry a lot of the conversations when we were ordering dinner, and they knew a lot of the cultural uh, what's acceptable and what's not, and how you act, and so that was cool because I never wanted to be the the
0: tourist person. Yeah, that typical American tourist that yeah, everyone kind of sees Yeah, that they all make fun of. Yeah, yeah. so
1: I we need, I needed more time. Seven days, six days is not enough. Mm-hmm. Sort of like visiting New York, you'll never see anything. Yeah. yeah it, it will take many trips to really go and keep doing that but it was really important for me this concept that we're about to open in the Paseo it's called Gun and it's Oklahoma's really first true izakaya a Japanese pub and I wanted to make sure I understood what that meant mm-hmm. I wanted to go to one, a real one and that was extremely helpful for me and and also helps with the street cred part too so yeah. it was a great time I would love to go back and I'm a I'm a huge fan of, uh, of Tokyo, and I would love to see some of the, you know, outer-lying cities and go to some of the different prefectures and stuff in Japan and really get to see more. It's really mm. it's just really beautiful.
0: Yeah, I was lucky enough to go to Japan in 2014. Uh, I played golf. The World Golf Championships was over there. World Team Championships was there. And I mean, when you go and play golf somewhere, you don't really get to travel much. You, you see it. You see the hotel. But, that's, but a few days we did get to go around. And just their food, the culture, the way they are. I mean, just awesome people. Yeah. And it, also where we were, like, just figured out, like, their portion size is completely different to what we have. Like, I felt myself ordering platter-sized portions, but that's, you know, it's a normal meal for us, right? Sure. Out there, it's, you know, just... That is just completely different, but I it's mean, so clean the too. Yeah, it there were amazing. not even any
1: trash cans on the street. Uh-huh. That was really interesting. Was yeah. that I would I loved the uh, vending machines that were everywhere because uh-huh. I drink coffee
0: and they're massive too all day long. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, hell, they even had the highballs and some alcoholic beverages in some of those machines. But yeah. once you finish with it, do you, you can't just like there's no nowhere to throw it away. Yeah. I also was amazed by like how many 7-Elevens were there (laughs) that's like the grocery like the little convenience store there are so many there and Mm -hmm. they sell really awesome little sandwiches and they're a lot better than the 7-Elevens here that's all I know
0: yeah definitely so um so you got obviously that was an awesome trip is there any others that really stand out
1: I've been back to Chicago a few times I was there a few weeks ago too and I just love their food scene so much uh unfortunately I'm a creature of habit so I always want to try new things but if if People who are listening, if you have have not been to Chicago, one, there are so many things to do and see. It's really incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, But the food scene there and the beverage scene is really awesome, and I love the different neighborhoods. It's not just, like, a giant, like, crazy city. I mean, it is in some parts of it, but it's really well laid out, and uh, the neighborhoods are really cool. Yeah. Love that. Um, Where else have I really enjoyed? I mean, New York is just full of so many incredible Cultural type, uh, different interesting restaurants, and they're always on the forefront of everything, whether some of that stuff translates here or not. But, you know, going to LA and going to New York are always important because we're seeing things before they're well known here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we try to make those trips to California. San Francisco was also fantastic. I haven't been back since I went to pizza school, though, and that okay. was in like 2012. Yeah. So I really need to go back because a lot's going on, and a couple of my friends, I just had a really good friend that actually is moving there on Saturday and I'm just like,
0: yes, I have someone Perfect. to go visit.
1: I will be there soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um,
1: yeah, so those are I learn something everywhere I go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just like I say I learn something from every person I meet and I try to learn something every place I work and even when you think there's nothing to look like, there's nothing I can learn from this place or this person. Just really really think about that. Yeah. There's something even if it's something not to do. Right. <laughs> every,
0: every time that's kind of come up, I've gone into like whatever it is. I've, I mean, just gone into meetings or meeting people or, or podcasts or just kind of going to an event and you're just like, I don't really want to go. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, go because something's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, that happens to me a lot too, because you just meet someone that's like, whoa, they have an amazing story or it leads to a connection or whatever it is. Like, it's just, you know, you never know what you miss out on. Right. And, uh, and you know, that's just like I try to be more intentional about that too. And if it go, if you go and it sucks, then at least you know. Right? You went to the
1: skate park party recently, probably not your normal thing. And, yeah. and then here we are because you finally said, I've been trying yeah. to get you to do this. And I said, let's put, let's it, put it in now. Let's put it yeah. in. Yeah.
0: And that was, that was a, um, so how, I, how that happened was my, one of my college golf teammates is Cooper, who lives with Clint. So okay. we did that podcast the Thursday before and he's like, Coming out Sunday? I was like, What Sunday? He's like, Tony's in town. I was like, Oh yeah, I'll be there.
1: Oh yeah, Tony. Yeah. Oh, the old Tony. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: So you go out and I got there like at, like I guess I got there at the time everyone else got there and I had to park four miles away and you know, that was yeah. crazy. And you guys obviously were out there, you know, with pizza and merch and just supporting, you know, the community, which you, that's not the first thing we've done that you do, do this a lot mm-hmm. which is really cool to see that it's not just like you know hey we run these businesses you know we we serve awesome food and great cocktails we are, I mean you're a huge part of the community too
1: yeah we definitely try to be and that's something that I when I speak to other potential business owners or people who have their own businesses and we're sharing information I tell them to like never underestimate the value of being a good part of your community mm-hmm. every dollar we've given we've got back Tenfold. Uh, a story I told when I was at the Pizza Expo it's a prime example of that, is when we did the uh, during the teacher walkout. I have a, a lot of my family has been ed, have been educators, especially on the Ada side of the family. And when I really started thinking about it, when everybody's like this teacher walkout's kind of like looming, this thing is going to happen. I was like, I need to do something. Yeah. Um, and and I applaud everyone who did anything to to help them. The discounts are helpful, but I. Took it like I always do things to the extreme and said, Nah, you're not going to pay for anything. Yeah. Free slice, free salad, free drink. So, like, basically a free lunch special. Mm-hmm. For the entirety of the walkout, just flash your student, or excuse me, your teacher, your school yeah. ID. I thought the walkout would last like a couple of days. <laughs> and, you know, $43,000 later. Yeah. Three weeks later, the walkout ended. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God,
0: I just totally screwed us, you know. And at that point, you were renovating this spot, right? Hmm, or were you not in yet? Were you see. in yet?
1: We were at the old location yeah. still.
0: So this was still being, like, built and going yeah. through all that.
1: Yeah, and we kept this pretty top secret for a while. You know, right. it was just kind of hard. You're navigating kind of the politics of landlords and district and making sure that everything's yeah. going to go to plan and it was really tricky. Yeah. <laughs> we were only closed for four days between yeah. moving everything. that's amazing. It was pretty like. crazy. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you more about that sometime yeah. too. Yeah, but we did the we executed the teachers, you know, stuff while we were in the old location. And anyway, I thought like I was scared to see kind of the end of month numbers come back. Mm-hmm. But what was crazy was the discounts didn't really hurt us because I, there were so many people coming in. We had such an influx of business, and not just teachers. People who yeah, said, come "It's friend. amazing what you're doing." You know, I brought my whole friends here, and we're going to eat. We're going to support you, that's and that's so. continued. But that really saved us uh, right. during that time period. I would do it all over again. We ended up putting a permanent teacher discount in place for retired teachers, college, public, private, because during the walkout, we only honored we, the deal was for public school teachers because that's who gotcha. were really.
0: Hurting, yeah, that's who, yeah. Was, who,
1: that's who it was for. Mm-hmm. And but we got a lot of people who were private saying, What about me? And we we're like, God, it, you know, yeah, it's tough, but we that's so we extended that to be for everyone a 25% discount, yeah. Uh, that is gonna be indefinitely in play, right? So something that we'll take with us everywhere we go.
0: That's yeah, really cool,
1: yeah. So we always try to be helpful uh, as far as donating pizzas, and we've kind of really given ourselves some direction as far as what, um organizations we want to support because mm-hmm. we do we would love to help everyone but we had to narrow down like what are the things we really care about for 2019 it's you know we're doing a lot of work for the homeless community um children and schools yeah so basically if you're n- needing donations or sponsorship or food for any of that uh or just volunteers like those are what we're really gearing ourselves towards right. for this year so
0: uh, I can't really do a podcast with you without uh, without talking about, I mean, the famous pink elephant, Ellie. Yeah. Why a pink elephant? Where did that come from? Was it just in the store and you were like, I'll take it?
1: Well, I was in New York before we opened Empire and I was just kind of roaming through these antique shops and different shops. I was trying to eat as m- much New York pizza as I could to make sure, you know, I had the street cred because I'd yeah. been to Patsy's and uh, Grimaldi's and all those places and Joe's and... Anyway, I'm in this store, and I'm looking at these light fixtures, and uh, I see this, like, pink elephant. In the same store was also the Statue of Liberty, which she never quite gets as much press <laughs> as the elephant. Uh, you know, I see this pink elephant, and I had just read an article. Ugh, I'm going to tell the story. Uh, I just read an article in the Gazette. It wasn't too long before my New York trip, but I have kind of this weird brain where I remember weird facts. And there was a, an article about them testing LSD on elephants at OU's uh, veterinary program or okay. whatever in the um, 70s. Yeah. And the elephant that they were testing on was named Tusco. And for most people who know, you know, Trippin is kind of that been related to, like, the symbolism of that is, like, the pink elephant. Pink yeah, elephant, yeah. Yeah, like Delirium Beer has right. a pink elephant on their tap handle. So I kind of took all those things, and I was telling this lady at the counter the story, and... She's like, I'll make you a deal on that elephant if you want to take it. And I was like, <laughs> in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, because we're going to have this hip hop place that's kind of like crazy. All and right. I'll tell everybody it's about LSD. Yeah.
0: And
1: it's going to be called Tusco after the. <laughs> so I get this elephant shit back to Oklahoma City. It just kind of stuck her out front. Yeah. And uh, when I started seeing children really. You know, loving the elephant. <laughs> I decided to to never tell anyone about the elephant. I'm coming but clean yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Ho- hopefully, no, no Kids children listen are listening. To yeah, they don't yeah. listen to this. Yeah. Um, yet they will one day and go, "Oh my oh, god, that's right, yeah. my mom only take pictures of the elephant." Um, yeah. So she became really just this kind of symbol of empire. And we've bought several of her since then. There's yeah. a guy that creates them a fiber out of fiberglass. He's in the in New York. And they come in gray, but I had bought that one in pink, and so it just always kind of stuck. So right. we always uh, – I've spray-painted almost everyone myself Yeah, that pink color, you know. But there's one in Easy E, and then there's the infamous Ellie who's still missing, yeah. who got stolen, who we have the not even recovered. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They're, we're going to – we'll have a new one soon. Yeah. She won't be the same, but, but yeah, my, they're almost like my pets. Yeah. The original Ellie is actually at my house. Okay. Because her whole ear had broken off. Okay. And we had repaired as much as we can, so she got retired to my elephant sanctuary. Yeah, that's but awesome. crazy story is that people were really obsessed with this uh story. Right. About her being stolen. She oh, became this yeah. symbol of like
0: Yeah. You know,
1: whatever. I don't know. It's that's like, crazy,
0: isn't it? Like they're just super attached to this and like, you know, we've gotta find it and like. Everyone it's, was it's, like, like very upset. Elephant? Children yeah. were
1: crying. I was getting videos of children crying about the elephant missing yeah. and uh like I'm so humbled by that that we have the symbol. Right. But uh, at, at the news crews were still calling. There's one that called me. Sorry, I haven't called yeah. you back. Uh, recently, who's like any updates on that or any tips or whatever? And are you guys gonna get a new one? And oh, you are. Or when are you gonna spray paint it? Can we come by and film? I'm just like do think I have better things to do. I know. <laughs> Thinking <laughs> about this elephant. But um, I forgot. Yeah. It, it was just it was a it was a wild wild thing that's a that crazy, she became that's a great such story a...
0: coming from that and now yeah. like I said it's just like you can't go anywhere without putting Empire and you know the elephant together yeah. and so far to have like you know you have the tattoos as well right yes. which is like I hate needles that's probably one tattoo I would get though you would do it like I, would, I hate off. my wife definitely would do it um, <laughs> she's been trying to figure out a place to put it yeah yeah uh, and it was funny because when we brought that up, Gannon, of "Was like, I'm gonna have one design, design too," and uh, you know, we was joking around, sure. like which one we, you know, who gives the better offer, and he was, you know, yeah, just messing around.
1: I mean, you yeah. know, but it's just super wrong.
0: cool, and like so many people have done that.
1: There's like over 80 people. I mean, like it's, who have I don't know why like, like, more people haven't done it. empire on their body. Yeah, like I have one tattoo. Yeah. I don't even have an Empire tattoo. Right. I should probably get one because I feel bad that everyone else got one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's become just such a fun – that place is just – it's really fun. Mm-hmm. And um, what made it what it is is a lot of hard work. Right. A lot of good people, a lot of – even – I mean, we have meetings at our restaurants every week. Mm-hmm. Each restaurant has its own set time. I don't make it to all of them anymore typically about the ones that are either a new place that's open or a place that's maybe having some trouble or something mm-hmm. that i want to know about uh but it is very hands-on and i think that's been part of the key to our success is just staying but also knowing how to empower people and delegate and kind of manage from afar which is sort of what my role's evolved into yeah because i did like to be the person like we call it in the weeds in a restaurant business, you know, like when it's going down, like when you're in the bar and you're just backed up with all these tickets. Like, I wanted to be the person on the well. Let, put me in, and I'm yeah. going to get us out of this hole. And I, it's having to teach people and, and watch them do that for themselves. I imagine it's probably like a parent raising a child and yeah. saying, like, Take off the training wheels, buddy. Like, you've got to ride that bike and you're going to fall and bust your you're chin. You're going to fail, but it. it's going to get worth back it. up. Yeah. yeah. So that's. Part of my my journey now yeah. is to keep evolving. So
0: what, what's next? What do you got? And also, so you're having Gun open up soon, right? Correct. And then you also had Burger Punk as well, which is like your food truck burger. That's I haven't had it yet, but I mean, from what I've heard, it looks awesome. Pretty and, good. You know, pretty pretty good. Pretty good. Um, for improvement. Yeah. You know? And it, uh, is are all your concepts kind of evolving around like just your love for music? It seems like it. That's funny. Is it I just kind? Really of I mean, it. not really, but like. Kind of that way. It's a
1: huge, it's a very important part of everything that we do. I've told people that the restaurant business appeals to me because it combines like my five favorite things, which is food, booze, music, people, and art. Yeah. And so we started building a, Jeff and I started building a playlist for Gun in Chicago last year. We were sitting at a restaurant and this Fuji song came on and I was like, this is the vibe. And he was like, this should be the vibe. Yeah. So we've been making a playlist for Gun for, a long time, right? Because to me, the the music is it kind of it adds to that the different personalities of each space that we have, and it we think about everyone. Mm-hmm. Like and you'll never walk into one of our restaurants and go, eh, they weren't really thinking about that. We for sure were thinking about
0: it. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like I was, we, me and my wife went to Tamashi Ramen the other day, and the one thing I remember from there is that the playlist was killer it was so good yeah you know and that's just like i said it's just a part of the vibe and a part of the whole experience um and obviously you know you're huge love for Goth brooks as well yeah
1: i haven't gotten to do a country one i was yet, gonna say it.
0: when's the country kind of honky-tonk i've got country an idea of my
1: sleeve i'm yeah. just waiting for that right time uh i don't know i don't. we'll we'll see how that plays in at pony boy we kind of had this country sundays thing yeah. planned out with a friend of mine and i DJed one of them wearing like uh all denim over uh, <laughs> uh double like denim what's it called <laughs> yeah like a yeah. whatever the tuxedo uh, mm-hmm. all out of denim and I did it like one day, and one I was like, "How does anyone DJ for this long?" Um, but two, I was kind of like, "I don't want to." All these songs are, <laughs> I'm tired of hearing these yeah. right now. So we'll see. We try. To, I try to sneak them in every once in a while. But.
0: Has Goth ever eaten? One, uh, eaten Empire? Or Good any question. Of
1: the we did get a call when he was playing here to deliver pizzas to Chesapeake for yeah. his Crew. And we actually, around that time period, Chesapeake must have, like, been pushing us pretty hard for those concerts because we did Paul McCartney. Yeah. uh, We did Tim McGraw. We did Garth. And it was so crazy because it all happened in, like, a pretty quick period of time. But I took this original photo that a friend had gotten me from – my birthday, or something a few years ago. He's like, I'm going to get you something that you didn't have. It's like this old picture of Garth from like 1986, and he has like that, his like <laughs> oh, barely can grow Terrible mustache. Pencil and,
0: mustache. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm like a
1: kind of like a funky, like, I know you guys can't like see what I'm doing right yeah. now, but if you could, I'm leaning against the tree with like my silly mustache and like a, you know, a, a cowboy hat. And it's such, it was such a funny picture. Well, I wrote on the back of it and taped my business card to it and taped it inside one of the boxes. boxes. Yeah. I'm just hoping, I said, like, please return to, like, this address, and I haven't gotten it back yet, yeah. but I've heard of, people, of, like, stories of people who sent fan mail, and, like, years later, yeah. you know, finally, Randomly I just, just finally show up. saw this picture, because I thought that was an attention grabber, because he probably hasn't even seen that photo since right. that he took it, that's how old it was, Yeah. and uh, anyway, we got to do pizzas for Garth, and they are like, you know, that that's was an exciting cool. time for me, but haven't gotten to meet him yet not yet but i believe that i can manifest things to happen and i i got an idea so we'll see how it
0: goes awesome it'll happen
1: when it's supposed oh, to oh yeah
0: definitely well rachel thank you so much for your time i know you're super busy and i'm glad that we finally got to do this yeah me too. Uh, and just kind of hear the whole story of the background of you know the baby that is empire that's led to everything else um i mean any last words for anybody listening Come out and eat pizza. I know you Yeah, also- come out
1: and eat pizza. Uh, definitely, you know, stay tuned for our stuff in the Paseo, uh, gun, which is Goro's sidekick. Uh, we'll open. Target date is June fifth for that. We're also creating a little market. It's literally what the building is called next door in a thousand square foot retail space that'll have a rotating small business incubator, uh, fresh cut, you know, flowers from local florists and Goods and a tiny wine bar and stuff like that. So that's on the horizon pretty quickly for us, as well as Burger Punk will be brick and mortar someday. We're just looking for the right space for that. So stay tuned.
0: Awesome. Again, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Yeah, and now, thank I, you. now I know the backstory. Now know. And now every time I look at Ellie, I'm just going to think of tripping balls. <laughs> it's hilarious. So, uh, no yeah. Doubt. Guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Cheers.
1: Thank you for listening.
0: This podcast was produced by Mike Hearn and Ian Weston, mixed by Alan Brown, with music by Chad Duro.